Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast. High noon with Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, who is back from gallivanting across the globe. We've got lots to talk about. He's got takes that have been just bubbling up within him that he needs to get out. Zach, how are you? Doing great. Excited to be on the show. Missed it. I appreciate Rich holding down the fort. Thank you to Rich. You'll get to do a show with him on Friday. I look forward to that. And and knew the shows were entertaining. I was keeping show notes. There were times, there were two times when I was away when Emily said, what are you laughing at? Ooh, uh, I had the headphones. Laugh. I had the headphones or the, yeah, the AirPods in the ear. And I was like, I'm listening to the show. And she said, you can't get away from it. And I said, nor do I want to, uh. right? So I'm, uh, I'm excited to be back. I enjoyed those three shows, but much to discuss. We're a week out from combine activity. So this is, this is a lull in the schedule. I've seen some other uh, NFL reporters say, like, this is, this is the quietest week now for a while, right? These two weeks. Probably so. In yeah. between the two weeks in between the Super Bowl and then the combine. And then once the combine starts, then you got the combine, then a week before free agency. Then you got free agency. Then you got the owners meetings. And then you're deep into the draft. And then you got the offseason. So, so, like, basically you're going full throttle until – let's say May, mid-May, June at that point. So, so uh, I'm not saying this is a slow period. We still have a lot to discuss, but, but it picks up quite a bit next Slower, week. Slower, that is what you're saying. What are the Slower. things that made you laugh? <laughs> well, when I logged on yesterday, I saw, the, I saw Don Smolensky's photo. <laughs> that made me laugh. Rich and I were like laughing very much before the show started. Though. Yeah, and I said, wait, are they talking about Don? And then Because I just saw the photo. Then I saw President's Day. And then I put it together and then look, I got some thoughts on that, but, uh, that, and then there were, I, I laughed that there was a bad joke or, or not a bad joke, no such thing. But, but when you were talking about Michael Clay's extension and rich and rich is making a point about special teams and he, he talked <laughs> about coverage and you said coverage. <laughs> yes. That was actually a really good joke. And he said, what? And then Joya was laughing. Yes. And Covey Ridge. Yes, and I've I've been there before. <laughs> when you're in the middle of something, and then Bo makes a joke, and you have to say, and, and, and there's sometimes when when Bo has a really funny line, and you just laugh, and there are other times when I'm not saying it's not funny, you just you just don't quite get it at the moment, and then so Rich was like, what, you know, and you said Coveyage, like Britain Covey, Covey Ridge, Covey Ridge, <laughs> yes. And so, you got to get it right, otherwise it doesn't work. So that made me laugh. Uh, when I was when I was I was listening to it, but I I listened to that. Uh, I listened to all three shows, and excited to now give my contribution to the show. All right, so we have set things up here. You've got you know, of course, you've been listening to every episode. You've got some things you'd like to weigh in on. You've got three different buckets, right? Mm -hmm. You've got some Eagles thoughts, some show thoughts, and some miscellaneous. That's how you pitched it, and then you've got sort of subtopics within those. Why don't we? Why don't we? Because you're back, let's do what you would like to do. And that is start with the Eagles. Let's yes. let's uh, let's get into your Eagles thoughts. Well, before we do, we should just mention on the NFL calendar sure. what what today is, um, because I do have Eagles thoughts. And this February twentieth, Tuesday. <laughs> this is the start of the franchise tag period. Now there have been years when this is more relevant for the Eagles. You know, there was a year when are they going to tag Nick Foles, and that came up, and that was a question. Nick to Howie Roseman at the combine. Which is we're next gonna, week. You know what? We're going to do what is right <laughs> yes. by Nick. Yes, we are exactly. Let him go. Uh, the Eagles haven't used the tag since since the Sean Jackson in what 2012, I believe it was. 
And if you look at their free agents this year, I they're not going to tag DeAndre Swift, right? Maybe a transition tag that would really surprise me. Yeah. I don't expect them to do that. But there are, you know, we're going to go deep into free agency in in, in two weeks. Um, but there are notable free agents who we do expect to be tagged. Uh, one of them, for instance, Antoine Winfield Jr., who if he hit the market, he would be ideal for the Eagles. And he's a pre, he's a premium player or a, a, a top player at a ripe age at a position of need for the Eagles. But and then you look at the Bucks; they have Baker Mayfield as a free agent. Uh, they have Mike Evans as a free agent, and you say, "All right, well, maybe Winfield would slip through the cracks there." But it's it doesn't make sense to tag Mayfield. That's like a thirty-five million dollar ob- 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 obligation. Mike Evans, a longtime player, you would think that maybe they can work a deal out or let him walk. But it sounds like Winfield will be tagged. Then guys like Brian Burns, Josh Allen. Uh, when I say Josh Allen, the Jaguars, Josh Allen, of course. We'll see if they get tagged. Those are players who could, could, I mean, premium players at premium positions, and those guys don't typically hit the free agent market. Other than that, uh, the one player I would watch for the Eagles is Legereus Sneed because I think there's a good chance Sneed could get tagged in Kansas City, and you're saying, well, Chris Jones, he's a free agent. Tagging Chris Jones could be, it, it, it might not make sense for them from a cap and cash perspective to tag Jones they make sense for the workout a deal with Jones and tag Snead. Uh, so pay attention to this during the next two weeks because some of these teams, if a player gets tagged, he's not getting signed. If a player doesn't get tagged, then all of a sudden that could change the Eagles' uh, draft or or free agent plans, if you will. Snead is 27. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you look at like those players, the guys who will probably be out of the Eagles' price range, yep. but they are premium players at positions of value and need for them. Yep. Where like if they were going to spend a really big contract, it would be those type of guys. And are you in agreement that I saw Tampa Bay Times said they expect Winfield to be tagged, but do you think Winfield will not hit the market? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would be surprised. I think it just if you think about what's the most valuable thing for them, it doesn't. I mean, they're not going to franchise Mike Evans at that age. Um, And then, as you said, the Baker tag would be cost prohibitive. So yeah, it does make sense. So that transitions actually to my first Eagles thought okay. that I, I wanted to run by you. And uh, this is something that, that's, that's, that's come up on the show when you were talking about uh, some of the veterans on, on the Eagles. But the Eagles have these three guys, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. You might have heard of them. Uh, who we've said that are they going to come back or are they, are they not going to come back? And look, these are Eagles Hall of Famers, all three of them. Keep, I mean, in, in the case of Kelsey and Fletcher Cox, two of the best players on the team last year. But I do wonder, and not to say Howie Roseman doesn't want them, okay? But I do wonder if there's a part of Howie where it's like, look, we've been planning for this. We drafted Cam Jurgens uh, two years ago, drafted Landon Dickerson three years ago. Isaac Sayamalo. Yes, Isaac Sayamalo. Seven years ago. Uh, the last two first-round picks were defensive tackles, okay? Um Keeping these guys is going to cost money. There's an opportunity cost. You talked on the show, was it yesterday, about uh, Tommy Lawler's piece? about yeah. yeah, about the Eagles' defense, about the Chiefs' defense, how they let these guys play. Is there a part of Howie Roseman that, that, that's like, let's rip off the Band-Aid, let these guys go into the sunset, let's, 
Let's move on to this next era, this next era of Eagles. Let's see how Cam Jurgens does at center. Let's see how Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis are as the top defense and Milton Williams as the top defensive tackles. And then we have a little more cap flexibility to maybe spend elsewhere as opposed to I I I understand you can structure deals where you're uh, spreading the money out, but there is a cap obligation this year if you bring Kelsey back. There is a cap obligation this year if you bring Cox back. Now, even, aren't even if both of those guys retire or there's leave, dead money. Yeah. there's dead money. Like exactly. It's not like they're just coming off sure. the books entirely, but yes. Yeah. But you're, they would count more on the books this year yeah. if, 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 if they're playing. And we can both agree that center and defensive tackle are not the, the highest of needs for the Eagles. So, again, I'm not saying Howie wants to push them out the door. I'm not saying Howie doesn't want them back. But is Howie saying, oh, goodness, they're both retiring? Or is he saying, all right, let's, let's see these players that we drafted? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's an interesting thought experiment. I, I would say that one thing I feel pretty confident about is not that, like, Howie Roseman doesn't believe that Jason Kelsey deserves to take as much time as he wants. But I think if you gave him truth serum, he would want to know. Yes. Like, he wants to know one way or the other just from a planning purpose like is he coming back or not does he want to come back or not because then i can you know proceed instead of having to plan for two possibilities i can just plan for one um i would i would imagine that that is a minor frustration to him obviously jason kelsey deserves to take whatever time he needs i think the like the history of what howie roseman values would tell me that like he has had opportunities to move on from these guys in the past, right? And those are the positions that he does value. And so even if, in theory, he might want to move on from those guys and has been planning for their departures, he hasn't chosen to sure. in the past, right? And I don't know that he would, like, you know, as you said, Fletcher Cox was maybe the best player on the defense last year. Are they ready to move forward with just Jalen Carter, Milton Williams, and, and Jordan Davis and backfilling from there? I don't know if he would be happy with that. Um, and so, I don't know. Where do you fall? Well, I, I, I think Kelsey in particular, even though they have depth there, they, I think given the value that he has to the offensive line, uh, having him back is not necessarily like, – I, I think they would love him back. Um, again, that's, that's Jason's decision. And I, and I do want to address one thing. I see Tracer Bullet says – I think the organization is still scarred from letting Dawkins walk, and they never want to go through that again. I'm not suggesting they would let either of those players walk. I think that now they almost let Fletcher Cox walk, and they almost traded Fletcher Cox yeah. in, in the past. But I think I think in both those cases, this isn't regret about letting them walk. I think if those guys want to come back, the Eagles will make it work coming back. I'm just saying when they look at kind of the overall roster, if there if there's a thought that Maybe this is not, it's not the worst thing if these guys retire because they have these plans in place and they have needs elsewhere. Yeah, and I think it relates to the conversation we did have yesterday. And I was thinking about it again last night and this morning. Like, you know, we had that conversation entering week one, mm-hmm. right? Are the Eagles in December and January going to be better served if Sidney Brown starts from week one? Because the most valuable thing you can give these guys from a player development standpoint is in-game reps, yeah, like reps that matter. And maybe that means you take a small step back in September to take a bigger step back in December. And like, you know, 
did did they need those four games of Justin Evans and however many games of Terrell Edmonds? Like, did that serve them well? I don't know that it did. And who knows what would have happened with with Sidney Brown's injury. But like, I think at some point you you do need those guys to play. And Cam Jurgens is a player who exactly. we haven't talked about a lot. And I think that like he had a pretty disappointing second half of the season. I thought he looked he I thought he looked pretty good in the beginning of the year, but after he came back from the injury, he didn't look great. And that right guard is not his natural position. Yeah. Do you need him to play center? It's also this is also a, J, a Jalen Hurts conversation because whenever Jason Kelsey leaves, it's probably going to be on Jalen Hurts to set the protections. Right? Is he ready for that? Do you need to find out if he's ready for that? Some of these like big picture questions they're not going to get answers to as long as Kelsey is still here. Mm-hmm. Now, Jason Kelsey is one of the yep. two best centers in football. Right? Uh, of course, they're going to be better off if he's available to play, and they're going to be better set to have those protections. But yeah, I mean, these are these are the complicated questions that that I think they have. I would guess that push come to shove, like Howie probably would want Kelsey back. And I think he probably would want Cox back too. But I also think there are there are benefits to if you do have to move on from them in the long run, letting those young guys play. You're absolutely right with with that point about letting these guys play, because we saw this with Andre Dillard, where it got to a point in his career where they still didn't know what he was. Right. And now if Cam Jurgens goes, if you drafted Cam Jurgens to be the replacement at center, they, they knew uh, Jurgens. Now I think Dickerson's different. Dickerson had center guard. Like, like you knew sure. Jurg- that, that Dickerson would, would be a high level guard. You didn't Dickerson know was like a guard who could play center exactly. if you wanted him to. Exactly. Yeah. You Juergens didn't know that. Uh, yes. Yeah. So if you go into year four of Jurgens without him starting at center. Yeah. And that was your second round pick. That's 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 a tough situation. And, and, and again, I'm not saying you want to force Kelsey out the door, but when you just look at the overall roster building, I just wonder if there's a part of Howie that says we have this succession plan. At some point, this needs to happen. Now, let me ask you: Do you think that the you know the Sidney Brown not playing over mm-hmm. um, Edmonds and Evans or Opeta starting over Tyler Steen? Yeah. Do you think that? those decisions were made in conjunction with the coaching staff in the front office? Do you think they saw eye to eye on those? Or do you think that Howie Roseman was saying like, let Tyler Steen play. We need to know these yeah. things. I think the Sidney Brown one more so than the Tyler. Cause I, I think there's such trust in Jeff Stoutland. Yeah. And the, the, and they're saying, look, if this is what Stoutland needs to do to win this game, then that's fine. Like Stoutland's big in picking Steen, right? Steen. I think Stoutland's very much, from a front office perspective, there's in, in Stoutland we trust. I think the safety situation's a little different. And, again, you had a new defensive coordinator. Yeah. And you had a new D-backs coach. And so the, so there's a lot of factors at, at play. But I would imagine Howie would much rather see Sidney Brown from week one than, than Justin Evans and Terrell Edmonds. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I would I, think so too. Exactly. Yeah. So. And it, you know, we talked about it. It goes back to Nicobe Dean from a couple of years ago. Um, I, I, I know that it's like, what can we do to win on Sunday? But I do think that there is a bit of a, um, myopia to some of those like personnel decisions. Like at some point you have to make the investment and know that it might not look great right away. But you need to find out, and you need, and even more than finding out, like that's how they're going to get better is getting those reps. Yeah. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. 
At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Well said. Uh, so, so this actually goes to the next point. What about Graham, quickly? I think Graham's, because I, I don't think Graham costs you that much level. money. Yeah. I think Graham's just a roster spot. That yeah. you know, and he's the fourth defensive end. Exactly. Yeah. So that one's a little different. I uh, and I think keeping Graham is as much for the locker morale as the production on on Sundays because he's not going to play that much if he's back. Yeah. Uh, I have a mailbag that's that's up. I apologize that it's belated for the diehards who've been waiting for it. It was supposed to go up during Super Bowl week. We're now two weeks post Super Bowl week, but it's up there now. And one of the so please read that if you're a diehard. And if, if you're not a diehard. Bo did a great job in the ad read yesterday explaining the benefits of being a diehard. Uh, it wasn't even an ad read. It was just kind of a testimonial for why you should be a, a diehard. But one of the questions in there was, at what point is Howie on the hot seat? And it kind of surprised me to see that, although I've seen some sentiment uh, on social media from fans and even from like some some media, which I'll, I'll get to in a bit, um, about Howie... Yeah, how Howie's doing with the job. And it's interesting because the approval rating for her, for Howie kind of fluctuates. Sure. At this time last year, it was like executive of the year could do no wrong, right? And now it's, 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 uh, you see some of these questions pop up and look, Howie's dealt with this throughout his, 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 his career. Is this unfounded? Do you think that this offseason is critical for Howie that if there's, uh, Drafts that don't produce results and they don't strike in, they don't strike well in free agency. That some of this conversation will come up again, or do you think this is just it's February? People are looking for things to ask and talk about. Do you mean from a like is this chatter going to continue standpoint, or is he actually going to be on the hot no, seat? No, not actually. Is this will this chatter get louder? My point, like because it was very much on. Yeah, I mean, if the if the team is bad next year, the chatter will get louder. That's, I mean. That's but, how it works. But I'm saying, I think the eyes are the eyes this year were clearly on Sirianni, very clearly on Sirianni. And I think this upcoming year, we know Sirianni's essentially coaching for his job. But at what point do you think it goes to? Well, is this roster good enough? Uh, or because, and we can see this based on the moves that they made. The Eagles thought this was coaching. They replaced both coordinators. Sure, they thought this was coaching. At what point do they say is this the roster? So you're saying the Eagles actually internally? Okay, yeah. Let's 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 spread that to the Eagles. I was thinking more fan sentiment, but I mean the fan sentiment is always going to be if the team is bad, they've already they're already out on Nick. Everything's then, bad. Yeah, yeah. They're going to come on. Howie. Sure. Yeah. I don't think that's any surprise. You've you've been through it long enough. From an Eagles standpoint, yeah. I mean, I I agree with what you wrote basically that um, from Jeffrey Lurie's standpoint. I think it would take something crazy for him to want to move on from Howie Roseman. I think we've seen it time and time again that uh, when the team has a bad season, like he's, he trusts Howie to build things up. As you have long yep. said, he's better at, at building than he is at maintaining. And I agree that like if Howie was going to leave, it would probably be of his volition and he might be looking elsewhere for like full control of an organization or maybe even like graduating above uh, being involved in personnel day to day. I wonder like what, what his, just stamina yep. for that job is because it's so all encompassing. Um, 
that said, like I, I do think that they have made, you know, roster management missteps yep. over the past, you know, uh, year or whatever. But I'm curious to see, like, and and, and I know it in, involves a question that you're going to ask, like, what what off season of years yeah. past is this going to sort of echo? I'm curious to see what that answer will be. What do you think? Well, uh, about the off on the Howie on the Howie thing. Yeah, I, I think that, like, I I I wrote there that if he's no longer the GM at some point here, it's his decision or it's kind of a joint decision. I think that's right. Um, I think he's, he's really good strategically. Uh, He's, he needs to do a a, a better job maintaining the roster. And you saw the headline um, for this show is kind of where they are in roster construction. And I think uh, it's, he, he does have an important off season in, in front of him, but the Eagles have made the playoffs six or seven years, and you can argue is making the playoffs good enough, and that's not kind of the standard they hold them to. But a lot of franchises don't have that. They have a franchise quarterback under contract. He needs to play better, but he's under contract. Uh, they have three picks in the first two rounds this year. Howie's done a good job in recent years getting them this draft inventory. And depending what they do with, with some veteran trades, they could position themselves to have this type of draft inventory next year as well. Uh, so I, I think he needs to execute better. Um, and if it, this doesn't go well and they replace Sirianni, you're, you're going to say, should a GM have five coaches, right? Look, that's a worthwhile discussion, but I, I think Howie's earned the job security that he has. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. also, I mean, it's a very difficult job. Exactly. Like you're, if you're getting 60% of the decisions you make, right. You, you know, you're doing a great job. He's, he's one of the best general managers in the league, no doubt about that. And we've talked about in the past, like what makes him, uh, what makes him a very good yeah. general manager is like how plugged in he is and how he's involved in everything. Right. I think if you were to criticize the roster building from this past year or so, it's interesting because it's not about specific decisions. It's about sort of like the, um, the bedrock principles that he has didn't necessarily bear fruit this year. Like all of that investment in the defensive line did not pay off. And that is a, like, that is a poor um, return on the resource allocation there, right? Like if you're going to put that much into the defensive line, they better be great. And they weren't great. And obviously I think the Eagles thought is that that was probably more coaching than anything else. Um, And then on the offensive side of the ball, I do think that they think that is absolutely coaching because that has the talent to be what should absolutely be a top five offense, especially given the health that they got. And for them to only be, you know, 10th by uh, most measurements, like that is not good enough. And that is, that is uncoaching. So I think you're right. Like their actions told us what they, what they thought the the reasons were. And then one last thing to just mention here, and I'm not directing this at like a media member per se or, the media per per se, because I've seen this sentiment elsewhere over the years, and it's something I've said over the years. But this popped up on my feed over the over the weekend, and it's 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 worth mentioning. Like, look, Howie doesn't need me to defend him. Howie, if if you, it, it comes with the job. If you want to be critical of Howie, so be it. We've been critical of Howie, and we will be critical of Howie about certain moves and about things that he does. But like to resort to saying that Howie's an accountant 
and that it, I don't think you need to just I don't even think you need to give that I'm just saying like he has no yeah but that's yet. not even like yeah okay yeah I wouldn't I would not even give that the light of day okay don't that even give so that stupid oxy. okay all right fair enough I'm, I, do not yeah <laughs> don't give that any credence <laughs> okay. that's okay it's preposterous all right fair yeah. enough I was just I was just gonna set the record straight that yeah don't. he has no background don't. as an account. block whatever that is coming okay. on your feed and okay. don't even address it that's nonsense <laughs> fair enough okay and anti-semitic so like <laughs> okay. let's yeah. just okay fair push enough. that aside fair enough i was that's that's simply I, I i was just gonna say let his record stand for itself and not tropes yeah. one way or the other um okay uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean sorry like that's, yeah. it's nonsense yeah I, agreed uh, agreed uh transitioning to the next one here um for Eagles thoughts. And this came up when I've been reading free agency lists over the weekend. And I was listening to the show. Uh, all these shows are kind of running together, but one of the past three shows. And when you're talking about the running back market, I'm not suggesting the Eagles are going to change their strategy here, but there's a lot of free yes. agent running backs, a lot of like really good free agency running backs and they're leaving teams that are not just going to like shuffle this big name running back for that big name running back. You know, for instance, if Derrick Henry leaves Tennessee, it's probably because they're going to turn to Tajay Spears, so a, a cost-controlled option. Uh, and you go on down the list here, um, there's going to be really good players on this market, and the market might be depressed, and the Eagles might see this as an opportunity. So I think you mentioned, again, it might have been yesterday's show or – a different show if, if they can get so and so for a, a one year two million dollar contract i, I think where's the, where the numbers you put out but let's let's expand that let's say someone like derrick henry is lingering on the market or tony pollard who has a history with kellen moore is lingering on the market uh or ezekiel elliott who has a history with kellen moore is lingering on the market um do you think this is a position where the eagles might turn to a veteran free agent which they signed Rashad Penny last year. I know that. But they he, won. But he, he didn't really play for them. They haven't really had a veteran free agent as their top running back since DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews. Otherwise— How'd that work out? Yeah, true. Although Ryan Matthews was, was more productive than, than sure. uh, you know, people might remember. And he was actually their top option that year. DeMarco was not—they didn't think they were going to get DeMarco. But I bring this up because— uh, we we talk about the way the Eagles view running back, and most likely they look for a trade or a draft pick, and and, and I I get that. But do you see a world where they say, "Look, there's some good players here at prices that fit within our framework. Let's sign Derrick Henry, or let's sign Tony Pollard, or I, I don't think Saquon Barkley will be within that budget." But do you think that could happen? I think it could. Um... There's a there's a lot of uh, supply on the running back market this offseason, most mm -hmm. likely. Even like you know Nick Chubb could get mm -hmm. yeah. uh, released as a cap casualty. Um, and there's, as you said, I don't think uh, probably enough supply or demand for teams willing to sign those guys to big contracts. I think this is something where they're like going to monitor it as the first week of free agency goes on, and if. Um, you know, I don't know if Derrick Henry is the right person, but if, if one of those guys drops to a reasonable price range for them, I think it makes I think yeah. it makes some sense. Now, I don't know what their internal evaluation of DeAndre Swift is. Sure. The other thing here is I'm curious if you think that 
Kellen Moore's like experience with Ezekiel Elliott would make them more uh, interested in like a bigger back hmm. than they've had in, in recent years. I don't know if the, I would say that. I don't know. I, I think a, a back who can catch the ball out of the, out of the backfield, and we saw that with Pollard two years ago. We saw that with Elliott throughout his, his career with Moore. But I don't necessarily know if I would say a bigger back. But you, you certainly can't rule it out, and the Eagles don't have that type of back. Uh, so, so maybe a bigger back who can catch. And, I mean, Elliott didn't look great in New England last year. didn't look bad, but didn't look great. Um, so I don't know about Elliott, but, yeah, I, I think if – or maybe you pair Derrick Henry with a back who can, who can catch. I think Derrick Henry makes more sense in a team like Baltimore or something like that. But uh, I just I, – I know the, the way the Eagles view running backs – I get that. There's just so many starting running backs who are going to be on this market. Like Austin Eckler, for instance, is someone who now he looks he didn't look the same last year, but yeah, he's someone I mean, who. The truth is, the history of free agent running yeah, backs is exactly is very bad. Right? But if you're so, looking at a one year deal, you know, I, I I'm just saying the market's going to come to you at I think that position. That's right. And the Eagles clearly whether let's say they keep Swift. Let's let's say yeah. Or, or, I think I think what they want there is explosiveness. Okay. And maybe Swift is the guy who gives yeah. them the most of that, but I think I think that's what they're looking for. Now you more than me have have been on the when you sign Cowboys or Giants or Commanders it doesn't work out, right? I mean it really doesn't. Yeah. And it, the history shows that. But Tony Pollard, do you think that could be uh that could be a player there? I just think that they're unlikely to be the team that values him the most. Un they are they're unlikely. To they're be. unlikely, yes. Okay. Even with the background with Moore. His best season came with Kellen Moore. Okay. Well, yeah, but I mean You think they're unlikely because he's a cowboy or because of it's the running back position? No, because it's the running back position. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Okay. I see April in the chat says Alvin Kamara is perfect for the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, there's gonna be like he he might be a, a cap casualty too. So yeah, I think the Eagles are going to have options at running back this year. And when you look at the – and we'll get the free agency in the first week in, in March. But when you look at kind of the free agency list, uh, it, to a certain respect, it shows you why the – as you made the point on the show the other day, Howie Roseman's history is drafting offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and cornerbacks. Because there are a lot of – like uh, there are a lot of running backs and wide receivers and safeties and linebackers on the free agent market. It's much harder to, like, if you're looking for a starting left tackle, you don't really find that on the free agent market. If we're assuming that Brian Burns and Josh Allen, maybe even Bryce Huff are tagged, you're not really finding top edge rushers on the, on the open market. So some of these positions that you can sign in free agency are the positions that the Eagles don't traditionally value in the draft. And I think there's a correlation there. I think the Eagles often look at the delta between the rookie contract and what you'd pay for a premium player at that position. And uh, if we're talking about the running back market and like the bottom dropping out on those guys, we're talking about the floor. Mm. And that means we can tell you about our new friends at Empire Today. Because with Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a price match guarantee. Empire Today is the best place for you to get new flooring. So, of course, they've got copycats. 
But those copycats cannot beat Empire today on quality, service, speed. And so they advertise low-quality products that Empire today simply will not carry. They're better than that. Empire Today won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. We keep shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. Empire Today's philosophy is to help you find what you need, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes, give you paralysis by analysis. Instead, what they leave out on their selection is as important as what they put in. Empire's product team exhaustively combs through thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles. They pride themselves on convenient shop at home service and help customers shop for floors where they use their floors so they can see exactly what their new floors will look like in their homes, lighting and decor so that they can make an informed decision and they service their own warranties. So if an issue does arise, just call Empire they service all warranties themselves. You won't have to track down a manufacturer's phone number. And we love to see the uh, shout-outs for the jingle in the past in the chat here. Polar Jam, go and call 1-800-EMPIRE. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use the promo code PHLY. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHLY. For details, there we go, Empire Today. Now, my son's a big Sixers fan, and we're looking for tickets. Uh, you now, he has a bedtime, right? So we can't go to these night games, so we have to find day games. And really, the only option uh, or the, in the next few weeks is this Sunday's game against the Bucks. Now, that's an in-demand ticket, right? Mm -hmm. Sixers, Bucks, Doc Rivers coming back to Philly. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take him, and we're trying to find tickets. And... We're talking at, at home, and I'm saying, should we buy tickets now? And I'm saying, hey, there's no need to stress about this because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. That's where game time comes in. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals and last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. That's why I'm already browsing game time to find uh, the the image of the sea views for the Sixers-Bucks game. Easy to find and buy tickets for all the events, including that game this, this, uh, this weekend. And there's flash deals on last-minute tickets, so I can wait until the last minute to get the, the, the ticket that I want. And I'm, I'm rest assured knowing that there's lowest price guaranteed, events cancellation protection, and job loss protection. I hope that never. I hope that does not come to fruition. But if, uh, that it's great to, to know that they have those protections. Now you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds with just two taps, and you are set. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. And tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. And create an account and use code PHLY for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Zach, you are a man with your finger on the Eagles' pulse. Did you know that the Eagles have just, according to Adam Schefter, signed a running back? No, I did not. Yes, but according to Adam Schefter, the Eagles have signed. DeAndre Swift? 
No. Oh. Former third round pick of the San Francisco 49ers, Tyrion Davis Price, ah, to a okay. reserve future contract. LSU. LSU, former third round pick, bigger body, 6'1, okay. uh, about 220. So that fits the thing we were talking about. And uh, this probably means that I guess they're signing Elijah Mitchell next offseason because they've now signed Trey Sermon and Tyrion Davis Price. So all the failed Niners yeah. running backs draft picks end up in Philadelphia. Uh, Trey Sermon, uh, former third round pick as well by the Niners. Then they probably should have kept him on the roster over Rashad Penny. Trey Sermon actually played for the Colts this year. Yeah. Rashad Penny did not play for the Eagles. They would have had Trey Sermon under well, we'll contract. We'll never know. I mean, what would what would Rashad true. Penny have done? True. Um, so yeah. So I I heard you talk on the other day for a bit about the Julian Okwara signing. Uh, the Eagles have had a few of these interesting. Okwara's. We, may, we maybe should have given it a little bit more time because he is an actual player. Sure. Um, but like for instance, they they signed uh, Terrell Lewis to a reserve futures deal. So so these are guys who are you know former mid round picks who have have played in the in the league. So uh, look, I'm I'm not saying that they just signed their starting running back. TDP. TDP. Yeah. Look, a running back from LSU who's a mid round pick um, jumps out. But also, <laughs> okay. Also. Uh, the 49ers, they should just stop drafting running backs in the middle rounds, right? I think you, well, they tried, but they said they drafted a kicker who missed an extra point that cost them the Super Bowl. I don't know if that cost them the Super Bowl, but... I said cost them in the Super Bowl. Cost them in the Super Bowl. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so those are my Eagles thoughts. Now, okay. the show notes thoughts have Eagles okay. thoughts in them. Let's hear it. Uh, so good. So so let's start with the, with the, with the most Eagles-connected one, and that or the most like on-the-field connected one. And that is uh, when you were talking the other day about Eddie Jackson, uh, and you mentioned no comp picks, and you you mentioned like former big name player, a little older but could still have time left. I was thinking this sounds like Malik Jackson, and then you made the the Eddie Jackson Malik Jackson comparison, and it made me think about what post Super Bowl off season is, is this most like. Because the Malik Jackson one, what's interesting there is the Eagles similarly had a first-round pick and two second-round picks. Surprisingly, or not surprisingly, coincidentally, around the same range. Like, the first-round pick was near... They, they they drafted Dillard that year, but they traded up, so it was around the same um, spot. The Miles Sanders, J.J., Artega Whiteside was around the same spots as their second-rounders here. And the Eagles were coming off... They were two years after the Super Bowl, they were coming off at that point a second round. They went to the divisional round, so this year's team went. To, but um, this year's team obviously lost in the first round. But that year, they were very into this idea of comp of like preserving comp picks. If you were, if you recall, they signed Malik Jackson and they traded for Deshaun Jackson after Deshaun Jackson was expected to be released, and then the Eagles yep. made that that late uh, trade for him. And those were their splashes. And a big thing there, kind of behind the scenes, was well, we're protecting our comp pick formula and that we have the Super Bowl roster uh, in, in, in place. So we're, they're not so worried about signing guys who are later on in, in their careers because this is all about right now, right? The free agent strategy is maximizing right now. And they, they kept saying these three premium picks, that's the chance to kind of think about the future. So anyways, uh, you can look at that year. You can look at... 2020, when the Eagles had some That's money. That's the one that comes to mind for me. Okay, and explain why. Well, it's the year that they 
like finagled with the coaching staff, hmm. right? They brought in Scangarello. Yep. Um, they let go of Mike Grow. They brought in Marty Morningweg. And they certainly did that to a much larger extent this offseason. And the moving parts were a little bit different. Now, the two big moves they made that offseason turned out to be good moves. Obviously, the Javon Hargrave signing, which yep. is probably their best free agent signing of the past you know, five years or whatever. Uh, and they made the Darius Slay trade, which didn't look great right away, but, but has played out solidly, right? Uh, now, you could argue they could have used that capital for something else that maybe would have turned out better. But, you know, Slay's been very good. Um, but even though those moves made sense in a vacuum, like it was a miss, um, like understanding of where they were in their own roster cycle. And it was trying to get these pieces that were going to put them over the top to get back to the promised land. When in reality, it was a roster that was in significant decline. Right. And who knows how much the coaching staff, played a part of that or COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the great, uh, uh, victims of, of COVID, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and what also stood out about that year too, cause I was thinking the 2020 comparison, okay. I, I don't mean to cut no, you off, please, but they moved on from Malcolm Jenkins, right? They were, they were moving right. on. They, they, uh, we want to make this Carson's team. Exactly. So there's that comparison as well. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's what it's going to happen this year, but I think what they, probably need most right now is clear-eyed analysis Mm. of the roster itself. And I hope that that's what they're getting. And the clear-eyed analysis of the, of the roster came in 20 in the 2021 off season more than anything else. Now, I don't know. I don't think the Eagles will operate like the 2021 off season, but that was a year, for instance, when they were strategic in terms of trading for future picks where they laid it out ahead of time. They're, they're not going to spend big in free agency. Uh, they did some internal contracts, but it was very much a, a, a year where it's like, all right, we're building this forward down the line. And then they had that surprise playoff run, and that kind of set up the big offseason that followed, which was, which was 2021. Um, but that, those, the, the 2019 the 2019 and the 2020 offseasons are probably most comparable to, to, to them coming off this playoff bid and in 2020 they weren't clear-eyed about where they stood and they said or I think they felt after after the fact that part of this was you know they saw this kind of opportunity with COVID and but they didn't expect the cap to be flat there were all kinds of different rationales yeah. and, and, and excuses bottom line they, they were not clear-eyed about where they were then and that affected them uh in a big way and and, and you're right, the coaching changes, and they had this new scheme. Uh, so I, I, I am curious to see if, if, they, if they approach it that way, um, if they take this 2019 approach where they're looking for these, these Band-Aid-type moves, because Malik Jackson and Deshaun Jackson were very much like Band-Aid-type moves. Uh, now, you made a good point on, on the show. When they signed Malik Jackson, he was not injury-prone, and he turned out to be injury-prone here. Uh, but Deshaun Jackson was, and they were, they very much looked at it like we were, they thought this, I'm not saying I think this, they thought we were uh, now Sean Jeffrey um, drop pass right, away from, from making and a run. And that's not how it works. And then that's not how it, how it, it works. So I, I do, I, I don't think they should make signings. Like if they sign Eddie Jackson, it should be because they think he's a good football player and he, he still has two, three years left. 
not as a, a band-aid for this year, unless he's signed well, to a band-aid contract. Well, because the price is right. Yeah, and unless he's signed to right. a band-aid contract. Right. Exactly. I mean, there, and I actually, it, it is different because, you know, Malik Jackson got like what, $12 million yes. or something like that uh, and played a position where guys get paid on in free agency. Eddie Jackson is going to be pretty far down the list on like safeties who are going to get yeah. paid this offseason, I think. And so, you know, if it is the case that it's a, you know, two-year Four million dollar yep. deal or whatever. That's, like, that's that makes sense than, exactly. Yeah, of course. Them, them, them. Malik Jackson and Deshaun and I, Jackson. And I think there is some soft value in having a, a guy at that position who understands the defense sure. as your as your transitioning. So, uh, so the next one here. Um, okay. I enjoyed the conversation about the photo at Geno Stakes with. Uh, okay. Now the, the the one thing I I, I do want to say is that uh, there might be this misconception about Nick Sirianni. That he's, you know, because uh, you hear the term pandering, that he's like a man about town in Philly. Nick Sirianni is very much a tourist. Like Nick Sirianni is working. <laughs> yeah. uh, not Like he's not. He's he not doesn't gonna, live in the city. He, yeah. And he's he's similar to us in, in that he's a father of young kids. Like when he has free time, he, he's at his he's at his kids games. Sure. Right. If he's going out to eat, maybe it's it's like in South Jersey. Um, or uh, he has a function that he has to go to, or something like that. But I don't think Nick. I don't think Nick, I don't think Nick Sirianni, like you said, is is finding these hole in the wall spots in South Philly. For all we know, Nick Sirianni's understanding of cheesesteaks in Philly is passing Gino's. Genos, yeah. Um. So I don't think this is a matter. Well, that's of Nick's, part of the problem. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Somebody get a somebody get a bug yeah. in his ear. But I don't think this is a matter of Nick Sirianni having having like um tourist taste if you will i think it's that nick sirianni is very much a tourist in the sense that and i don't know if you want your your football coach to your your head coach to be you know galvanning around town uh yeah i think of that anecdote in that tyler dunn piece where like rex ryan hopped out early to uh you know he's 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 out at five o'clock or him and the coaches took a bus trip to cleveland for Mm -hmm. the uh mlb postseason game no nick is uh I mean, I mean, I think Nick's a grinder. We know that, and I don't think Nick is going. I, I, I think Nick knows the Eagles cafeteria, and maybe whatever delivers to the Novacare yes, complex. Shots at Nick. No, I, I think Nick would tell you that too. Yeah, but I mean, this guy. I mean, he can shoot a little bit higher. I don't think Nick's going out for his lunch break. I'll put it that way. I don't think Nick's well, like not. let's yeah. let's 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 go take thirty minutes. But and, Nick, you're taking taking Angels. the wife out for a nice dinner, like you know. I'm sure he's got he's got to have some good spots. I'm not taking her to Geno's. No, I'm I'm saying in terms of cheesesteaks. Okay. Yeah, and I I do know from from doing work on from 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 writing about Nick over over these years, he's the, he's the kind of guy who. Um, He's leaving work at twelve thirty, and he's stopping at McDonald's drive-through, right? I I know that. Um, you know he he knows the fast food spots on his route home. I don't know if it's still like that, but when he was with the Colts, it was it was like that. And we know he ordered, you know what, Pizza Hut last year. He had to correct yes. it to Little Caesars. Yes, of course. I mean, there's a lot of great spots in South Philly, but yeah. I don't think I think Nick's very much a tourist in this in his own town. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. Uh, then the then the last one. So this is kind of a potpourri of of mm, notes in potpourri. one potpourri. Sorry, it's okay. We're working on it. <laughs> Favorite person to watch walk? That is a weird question to ask. Is it that weird? I don't know. Do you have a favorite person to watch walk? 
Well, no, but somebody had there. There were some good examples in the. I, I heard Messi, and I heard Messi was a good one. I, I listened to it. I, I did not watch the video. Oh um, yeah, there were some good ones. Okay, so I, I, I didn't know. see the live chat. Um, there was Andre Agassi. Was Agassi, that that was the good? Answer. Was that a submission or or did Rich? No, that was a, that was, that was a submission. A, that was a submission. That was a good one. Okay, yeah. When if 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 I'm doing a show and you said to me, "Who's your favorite person to watch walk?" I mean, I would say my kids, right? But I don't have like I I really like this person's gait. <laughs> is that a well so here's my question if you don't have an answer for this why bring it up <laughs> no i thought it was a weird question okay if uh, i'm saying as i'm listening to that i'm saying what kind of question is that favorite person to watch walk i don't know but, but <laughs> i'll give you show notes i listen to the show i'm giving okay. you notes All right. yeah that's a random it's a random well question. of course it is we, okay. we're talking for an hour every day <laughs> okay um i thought you did a good job with I, I thought the President's Day thing was a. Uh, how, how, how was your How was your holiday? I was happy, happy belated, by the way. I know it's a. So an yeah, so I, I, I want to clarify this. I'm not like a, President's Day is my favorite holiday. So there are two President's Day <laughs> things that came up. Number one, I said the Super Bowl should be the Sunday. I said there should be an extra bye week. Okay, and the Super Bowl should be the Sunday before President's Day. Labor Day to President's Day, and I. Labor Day to President. You Day. mock this. This has come up in other circles. This is not like a an original thought. It's not. No, nobody's mocking. You 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 mock this. <laughs> this is not, and it makes sense. There are schools off on President's Day. There, are, it's it's a bank holiday. The stock market's closed on President's Day. I think you're like mocking President's Day as as if this is some made up holiday. This is so, this. I mean, it is a, it is literally a made-up holiday. No, no, as if this is something that, that like other people don't don't recognize. Literally, the stock market recognizes. Yeah, but it's, it's day. just an excuse for a day off. That's all it is. It's <laughs> it's a. Uh, there's no there's no religious uh, component of it. There's no. It's just it's just an excuse to have a day off. It's not an excuse, and we don't to need to be day. like celebrating presidents that much. Well, that's where I disagree with you. I think that's a. You are very like anti-presidents. It's a, it's a. I don't know why you are so anti-presidents. Oh, only because I live in the world. <laughs> okay, we can save that for another day. I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for the institution. Yeah, I know you do. You have a lot of respect for almost every institution. <laughs> I, it's, it's not an easy job. Oh, um, I agree with that. And, uh, and it's a very important job. And okay. the, the, the president's day is because there's a lot of these presidents or some of these great presidents whose birthdays were in March. Oh, I'm sorry, birthdays were in February. And so that was kind of agreed upon instead of recognizing all these independent presidents right. that you have this one presidency. This will give us a day day. off. But so it came up when I was talking about the Super Bowl thing, which I think still makes a lot of sense. You can mock it. Still makes a lot of sense. The extra bye week, there's more television inventory. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's good for the players. I'm with you on all that. And having it Sunday of President's Day weekend makes sense because uh, it's off. Uh, it, it's yeah. it's a day off. Everybody always in wants general. the day after the Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. So now there's already one, and you know on the and then you know on the calendar Sunday before President's Day every year. And then the other thing is that when I put in for my vacation time, um, when I was going away with the family. Uh, I didn't realize that we had a show on this Monday uh, because oh, it is. You just assumed. You just assumed everybody's going to have President's so Day I off. Felt, I felt bad. There's no way that people, hardworking people, could continue no, punching so, the clock on the day that we're supposed to 
think about Millard uh, Fillmore. So I felt bad when I, you know, I, when I had to add that third, that third show when I was, when I was off and I didn't realize that we had uh, a show on president's day. Um, because so in any event that those are the only two times I brought up president's day. It's not as if I, what do you celebrate. do? What do you do to celebrate? Put on some wooden teeth in the no, morning. I don't and... celebrate president's day at home. It's just, uh, I typically, by the way, I'm not the only person who does this in that I saw on social media a lot of people in the NFL media, in the NFL, uh, were away this weekend or had, like this is... Oh, uh, I mean, nobody is, is telling you you shouldn't have taken time off. No, so I'm saying... I wish that, you would take more time off. No, so this is every year. Uh, look, I my family will tell you I, I'm, I'm very devoted to my family, to my extended family, but... During football season, I'm, uh, there's a lot of things that I miss or I'm not the easiest to like get together with. Uh, and so typically the, the President's Day weekend is when I'm able to go away with family. Like I can't go away during Christmas. I can't go away. You know, there's times when uh, Thanksgiving, I have that day off, but I, you know, I can't see family on, th on Thanksgiving weekend or something like that. Um, so yeah, President's Day has for the 13 years I've been on the beat has been a time when I'm able to all right I can tell my family I am home this or I'm able to go to be with family this President's Day. That's that's the only thing. I'm not like a I'm not saying that this, <laughs> like oh, let's just take a moment to observe President's Day. Uh, I feel like you are. Also, also, I think you missed some obvious candidates for the, the Okay, the well, guy yeah, I, I wanted to hear I wanted to hear your thoughts yeah. here. I think Connor Barwin would be a real good one. Okay. Man. Connor Barwin is very civic minded. Okay, that's a good now, one. Now he's more civic I I, I don't you, know about can you can you close your eyes and just in your mind's eye picture his bust in the Hall of Presidents? <laughs> um yeah, I I think Connor now I, I he's a Wharton grad now. Okay, so he's yeah. got he's yep. got. Uh, yeah, there you go. I'm always chasing that Ivy League. <laughs> um, need that. I think that he he uh, his heart's in the right place about making the world better. That's the name of his foundation. Yeah, I agree. That's a good one. Uh, he's he's very well connected. I I think that he's he's um he's got my vote. Experience in different so yeah. So I, I I think that now Corey Simon, someone who is in politics, pass. Okay, uh, you mentioned John Runyon tangential. He's in politics. Um, I think that Trent Cole's into politics. Do you want him? <laughs> no, no, it was literally in politics. I understand. Um, now my other one here, this is kind of off the board, um, because he's not really associated with the, with, with the Eagles, but Ian Cunningham, Ian Cunningham, a former Eagles, uh, director of player personnel. He's now the assistant GM with, with the bears, but Ian Cunningham went to the university of Virginia, uh, and uh, I, I, he's he's a, a really bright guy. Arthur has, Ashe has leadership ability. Yeah, I thought I think Ian Cunningham would would do well in politics. Um, if you want to stick to the to the Ivy League theme, um, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was gonna say Andrew Barry. Uh, okay. You know, he's shown leadership ability with the Colts. Sure, but no, you got I, the, and you got the built-in easy body double, which is nice. I suppose so, but uh, Connor Barwin was the one that 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 jumped to mind. Okay, um, <laughs> and there were a few other show notes, but we can get to the miscellaneous. Oh, we got six right. minutes. Go ahead. Yeah, so now let's get to the miscellaneous. Okay, what are your other show notes? No, that I okay. I, I mentioned I mentioned Covey Ridge and 
mentioned the Covey Ridge. Yeah, there were a few other things, but miscellaneous now. Okay. okay. Who's your least favorite president? <laughs> um, I don't want to get into that. I, 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 I don't want to get into that. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pass. I, w- I would rather give you a, a really like nuanced answer there and like study all the presidents. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> you want to, you want to answer this tomorrow then? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I'm I'm going to pass on that one because okay. honestly, it's yeah. I don't think it's worth getting into. I, I don't think people watch this for my political thoughts. Okay. Um. um so uh, the miscellaneous category here. There's three here. Final bucket. Final bucket. First off, uh, well, let's connect this to the previous one. Okay. I thought your your streaming complaint. About when the went with the Caitlin Clark. Okay, so this is a show note, but yeah. Show note. Now this transitions to okay. this. It's very kind of like um, boomerish, if you will. Okay. This is yeah. how. Of course, you're on the side of technology for technology's sake. No, I, I think this is how people consume content. Whose life is this making it easier for? Who is this helping? The bifurcation of every different media presentation. Who is that? I'm not for? saying that it's aside helping. from the company. So you're saying. But you saying like they should just all be on cable or something like that uh, is that's 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 not how that's not how content. I mean, is I'm making consumed. fun of the like the back padding over the first playoff game only available on a streaming service. Like that's not good for anybody. That doesn't help any. Like, well, it's 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 you know it's the classic like all of these little things just making every like every little. Uh, good a little bit worse and everybody and somebody's making a little bit more money like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna champion that i'm well i'm 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 just saying this is how this is how content is consumed by a lot of people via streaming services they're not subscribed to cable they're not subscribed even to like a youtube tv or hulu tv they're subscribed to different streaming services that's it I, I know you're not a Goodell fan, but as Roger Goodell said, you have to go fishing where the fish are. Yeah, but the, my, okay. my complaint is not about the streaming services. My complaint about is the it's only available on this streaming. Like if you want if, if that's how people consume it, fine. Yeah. But don't make it more difficult for people to find your product. So and my argument to that would, would be it might be difficult for you to find the product that way. It's not difficult for the next generation of fans to, follow, to find the product that way. And that yeah, leads to one, to one the of point. these thoughts. You're missing the point. I think this is just you cheerleading technology for technology. It's not cheerleading. So, so, so what are your thoughts on Mr. Beast? I don't have like uh, <laughs> I brought this up to you in, 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 in the past. I brought this up to you. Um, and I, he was on the cover of Time Magazine this, this, this week. I, My I don't know general understanding of Mr. Beast is that uh, he, does, he does some good. With his with his vast money, um, I'm I'm not even talking about like how he spends his 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 money. I'm just talking about from a product perspective. So he's on the cover of Time Magazine. I'm reading about him, and I've been fascinated by this because my son watches Mr. Beast. And up until a few months ago, I did not know who 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 Mr. Beast was. Uh, and now I've tried to learn more, and it is amazing to me how popular he is. Okay, do you know that? Um, he had a, a, a recent video that there were 20 times the number of people who watched that video than the succession finale 
and more than twice, and this is from Time Magazine, and more than twice as many people saw Barbie, uh, or it's more than twice as many people who saw Barbie or Oppenheimer during the opening weekend. We've, you're on Birds with Friends, you kind of, you talked about succession, and it's in the cultural zeitgeist, okay? Uh, uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer, there was a whole thing about, like, uh, what was it? Um, Barbenheimer? Yeah, yeah, Barbenheimer. 20 times the number of people watched that video than the succession finale. His most popular video was Mr. Squid, uh, or, or something to do with, with Mr. Squid. I checked this this morning. There were 576 million people. Or or five hundred seventy six million views on that. Do you know how, Do you know how many people watched the Super Bowl this year? Two hundred and two million. Okay, that is uh, the the uh, like like Mr. Beast is so popular, and I bring this up as a way of saying. Yeah, that, I don't know where this is going. But okay, okay. So this is kind of connected. This is connected to the to the streaming thing. Is that like we have to be cognizant of how young people are consuming content. And the amount of people who are consuming Mr. Beast, and he's, he's, he's not even on your radar. He wasn't on my radar a few months ago. And he, is, he had three times, as, or not three times, but nearly three times as many people watch his most popular video than watch the Super Bowl this year. Uh, so this is a way of saying that I think, I think the media is more fragmented. You know, I, I think content is more fragmented now. Um, but well, of course it is. It's incredibly fragmented. Understand? Yeah, you understand. I know YouTube views are not the same as TV as, as TV views. I get that. I, I I'm very trust me. I've tried to learn more about YouTube views than anyone could possibly imagine over the past six months. Um, <laughs> and here is much that says Zach is like the old person that discovered something and wants to share. No, it's 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 not Mr. that. Mr. Beast, you heard about this? You, you seen this? You heard about this? Mr. Beast, I'm simply saying this is the guy from uh, Mortal Kombat. I'm simply saying guy? bye. <laughs> You, we need to, we need to understand the way content is being consumed. If you use the words of Roger Goodell, swim where the fish are, right? So that's, that's my streaming thought tied into. I don't think that those two things are connected in the way that you think they are. I, okay. We can disagree on that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, just because they're both like things that you watch, (laughs) online doesn't mean there's a no i think a connection I, here i don't i think you're you're um pining for the way content consumption once was no 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 you now you are mischaracterizing okay. my i am not saying everybody should have cable television and that should be where everything is i am saying when you are intentionally making it more difficult for people to find things or to have to go somewhere to watch your thing that's a shitty thing to do and what I am saying is, is that I think you are. I'm sorry to go ZB Blue. <laughs> no, I, I, I think you are downplaying the like, the that consuming via streaming services is how a lot is being. It, it, it's a, it's how a lot of content is being consumed. And, and I'm not disagreeing with that. Okay, so, but 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 your issue is that you couldn't find Caitlin Clark. Yeah, because it was the only place that I could watch it. Yeah, and I'm saying that's like finding things in different points, finding some things in in, in different places. Yeah, is I am not like I am exhausted of this. Okay. Like, which where do I have to go? Like, that's what exactly movie is this my streaming point. on? Like, it's exhausting. So you want one place where everything is? Yeah, and that's my exact point. You're pining for well, uh, yeah, that would be easier for everybody. That would be be easier for everybody in the world. And uh, that's my point. It's easier for you. 
And it's but who is that not easier for? For people the who companies. Are, they don't get to no, make as much money, but that's I'm allowed to complain about it okay. making everybody's life a little bit more difficult. If it's gonna take me seven minutes to find which streaming service I want to watch this movie on, okay. that's time I'm not getting back. That's like they're they're robbing everybody of time here. Okay. Like you don't okay. think that just because it's oh it's cool there's a new streaming service <laughs> this is a new logo on my Apple TV desktop that's exciting <laughs> like that's not better for anyone except for the 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 CEOs okay all right like uh, would you have said the same thing about the metaverse two years ago like let's let's figure out how we can go maximize our our uh, our show on the metaverse I I think that's a different conversation. Um, my, my, my next one here. That was a cool thing that, they, that you probably thought was an exciting thing that Mark Zuckerberg, he knows a lot about uh, the internet. This guy true. knows exactly what's going on. I, I felt differently about the metaverse as I do about Apple Vision Pro, but we can save that for another day. Okay. Um, my next one here. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're 64 minutes in the show. Do you not want me to finish no, this list? No, it's okay. I do. Okay. Like I, I I keep seeing these think pieces and saw on on social media the other night. Oh, this is this is horrible. This yeah, is horrible. Yeah, like, uh, am I under uh, a misconception of what the All Star Game is? Yeah, who cares? It's a chance for you to see the best players all on the court. It's not supposed to be the most competitive game in the world. I can tell you this, like, and this is something that again I see things through a different perspective. Um, you know, when there, there were all these people complaining about gritty a few years ago. And if you take your kids to a Flyers game or something, they love gritty. All right. My son loved seeing like all these players all on the same court. That's like the purpose of an all-star game. It's not meant to be the most competitive game in the world. Yeah, I agree. And so I keep saying, how do you need to fix the all-star game? Okay. You can, you can try to do things to make it more competitive, but I go into it with clear eyes about what it is. It's a pickup game with the best players in the world, all of the court. That's, 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 that's what it is. I, I recognize that. Yeah, I think that's okay. fine. All right. Third thing, Patriot Stock. Have you watched this on Apple TV Plus? I haven't TV watched Plus? it yet. You haven't watched it? Uh, okay, well, we'll wait until you watch it. I, they have only have two episodes out yet. I watched the first two episodes. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, I, feel like, I feel like at some point Emily's like... Zach, why are you in such a good mood for? You're like, oh, I just watched the episode. <laughs> no, the no, no, set. no. She, you know, she was sleeping, and I, I pull out the iPad, and I, uh, I'm, I'm watching these, uh, these two. I, I think the footage that it has, it, that the documentary has, is yeah, really I, cool. I, I will, I will be interested in watching it. I think the interviews are like riveting. Um, I found the Bledsoe. So now, look, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna show for Seth Wickersham here. Seth Wickersham book. Seth Wickersham's book is incredible on the Patriots run. Right, um, it's better to be feared is 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 the name of the book. But documentaries are different than books, and like seeing Drew Bledsoe talk about that and seeing some of the footage. Like, uh, you know, I, I I didn't see Bledsoe's locker room interview back back then, and seeing that now, it's it's fascinating. And seeing some of the Belichick stuff from from then is fascinating. Hearing Tom Brady talk about how Ty Law ripped him off on uh, selling him the the uh, condo, uh, real cool stuff. So yeah, I'm curious your thoughts on that when you get a chance to watch it. But uh, those are my three miscellaneous thoughts in the spirit of Shield, who likes to kind of put some non eagle stuff in this game. Okay, that was good. Yeah. <laughs>
I have Mr. Beast here. You really didn't like that. I, I was. Well, trying- I just don't think there's the connectivity you think well, there is there. The, the connectivity was a little bit of a stretch because I was trying to connect the streaming services to the next. I was trying to do a transition. Yeah. But I just think, like, there's a lot of people who don't know who Mr. Beast is our age. And he, it's like, those numbers were staggering me. My, and I, I know that his line is on the uh, jerseys of the Hornets, right? So yeah. he's it. But just to see how big he is when I see just the numbers and the values, uh, it's fascinating. That's, that's the only thing I was bringing up. And the co- okay. if, if when you're on the cover of Time magazine, it's, it's uh, I mean, it's not as big a deal as it was 30 years ago, but it's still, I, I think you can appreciate being on the cover of Time magazine. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to, I mean, lots of people have been on the cover of Time magazine. <laughs> But yeah, uh, shout out to Mr. Beast. Okay. Send us all your hundred million followers. Yes. Yeah. You can. <laughs> I would love if our numbers uh, get up there. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. We're good. We're happy to have you back, Zach. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's good to be back. It's good to see you. We'll have uh, more to come tomorrow. I think we might have a special guest on our show tomorrow. We'll look, look forward. Look forward to that. Uh, noon all week as we continue here. And then next week, it's Combine in Indianapolis. We'll hear from Howie Roseman. Get to Maybe we'll play a little game uh, tomorrow about like the, the kinds of things we're interested to learn at the Combine. So uh, that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. For Zach and Bree, who did a bang-up job, we thank everybody for listening and watching. Happy President's Day, belated to you and yours. <laughs> May you... Uh, May you have many, many more to come. And as always, we love you.